Al, the holidays are finally over. Yeah, they are. We've wrapped them up. And now we've got to wrap up the year. 2019's over. Cross it off your list. It's done. Oof, going into a new decade. The 2010s are done. For better or for worse. For better or for worse. Which only means there's one thing left to do. Talk about some video games. That is true. The the final thing we have left on our agenda for this decade, for this year, is to determine the game of the year. Typical. Which is what we're going to do this, this week. Yay! On the Season Lamb Checkup OVA, it's a podcast. So we have conversations about video games, anime, and manga. Hello. I'm Jared. Joined, as always, by Doc Allen Ladium. Hello. And it's game of the year time. It is. A time where we get to celebrate the best of the video games. And struggle. And struggle. God. <laughs> that is paramount to this experience. Mm-hmm. We both struggled hard. We both did indeed. But we have narrowed down the games we played into the 10 best video games of 2019 along with seven supplemental awards to give out like you get an award you get an award you get an award are you we're not not giving out bees or vaseline vaseline thankfully our our award winners will get something much better words of praise i guess go with that (laughs) 2019 it was a it was a year yeah that's one way to put it that's yeah that's a good way to put it Mm -hmm. some some fun things some some not fun things happened Mm -hmm. it's usually how years go typically uh but video games were a pretty strong front through the year yeah no kidding it was a strong year for games I know some people will say that this was a weak year for games, and I'm just like, I don't know if they that's did, true. They, they didn't play the same games we did. <laughs> that's, Clearly. I would, I would not say that. Um, it was an interesting year for games. Yeah. As I, we head into next year, which will be console. a very bizarre year because of new consoles coming out. So, like, how many more good games are going to be coming out? What's going to be the, the shifting point from this generation to next generation all that sort of stuff launch titles all that stuff we'll see it all but for now we are we're neck deep in a lot of games that came out this year Mm -hmm. so let's discuss the best games of 2019 here at the season let me check up OVA game of the year awards sponsored by Who, who's sponsoring Loki? Sponsored by Loki's Crime. Loki's Crime. He pays for it. He does. Good he boy. gives us money under the table. Good boy. <laughs> We're going to start off with our supplemental awards. Mm-hmm. Seven awards that we have created to dole out to various aspects of video games. Perhaps they're a game itself. Perhaps they are a moment or sequence in a game perhaps they're a character perhaps there's just something other otherly that we just like hey here's a thing we wanted to celebrate mm-hmm. and that's what we're going to do today or right now i guess uh well with our first award 
that I believe is going to be a shared award that we both have. Okay. Let's discuss the best moment of 2019. All right. Um, I will allow you to, to do the honors. All right. Uh, my best moment of 2019 is the finale from I. Oh, hang on, 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 hang on. Before we begin these awards, please be aware there's going to be spoilers. Oh, I'm not even going to talk about how much this is a spoiler. I know, I know, but I'm just saying, just in general, there are going to be spoilers throughout these awards, throughout the Game of the Year awards in general, so there are spoilers going to be a plenty here. That's fair. So, just want to get that out there before we dive into things. Yes. Uh, so yes, uh, finale of I, the Somnium Files is my mm-hmm. best moment um, of the moment. year. good moment. Um, with that insane synchronized dance and song <laughs> moment. It's really good. Uh, it's fantastic, and um, you know this. Uh, and I might have mentioned it. I really hated this song when she mm-hmm. was singing it by herself. Mm-hmm. But then this version, I was like, yes, this is good. This is very, very good. And um, I've I've gone back to watch this scene many, many times. Um, it's a pretty good scene. It's basically the only way you could have ended this game. <laughs> it's true. Like, yeah. why not? Like, perfect. There's a big song and dance number. Yeah, it was perfect. I'm like, all right, you know what? The game has a lot of absurdity to it anyway. Why not just end it with a, a, a dance? Mm-hmm. Sure. And so that is my best moment. There you go. Uh, well, speaking of spoilers, I have to get into some spoilers here for my best moment. Uh, my best moment is the cutscene right before the fight with Hades in Final Fantasy XIV Shadowbringers, which is Whoa. basically like one of the last fights in that game. Um, this is the cutscene where, like, you watch all of your friends get beat up by the, the big bad villain here. He just whoops all of your ass. You're, like, dying, going to become a Sin Eater, and then you, like, pass out. You see the original Warrior of Darkness, like, be like, hey, are you going to get up and fight? And you're like, yeah. And he's like, all right, let's go kick this guy's ass. Uh, and then you, like, get back up, and the dude's like, the villain's like, um, excuse me? Uh, the Crystal Exarch shows up, and he's like, Hey, I'm going to s- bring champions from other realms t- to help you out. And then seven portals show up and it basically is like, hey, you're going to go do a raid. And it's just f- real cool. Neat. And just really gets you hyped up for that last fight. Even though it's like, well, now I have to queue for this fight. So it's going to be like 10 minutes. But <laughs> <laughs> it's still like just an amazing scene in that game. And just one of like the best, like really get you amped up moments, especially at that climactic finale. So there nice. you go cool uh let's dive into our next award uh for me that is going to be best mobile game okay and i'm going to award that to konami's pixel puzzle collection it is a picross game ah and it is the game that basically made me learn picross <laughs> and i've been playing this like basically all year it's just like it's very simple um, it's just like here are a bunch of little puzzles that correspond with like various games from Konami's history. So like you know there's like Castlevania, there's uh, various old arcade games that they have. There's some Tokimeki Memorial stuff in there. <laughs> just a bunch of just like old Konami stuff that you get to see in there, um, scattered throughout. And there's just a ton of puzzles in it. So there's like so much like just opportunity to go back to it and keep playing. And the puzzles obviously you know increasingly get more difficult, more difficult as the the game progresses and everything and then when you beat the game the game allows you to keep playing nice and you just redo puzzles but in a more difficult manner so i've been going through that uh recently this is a game that like it's easy to go like get into to do a puzzle or two and just like you know when you're kind of just like not really doing anything you can pop that on and it's just there and you can 
get into some puzzle action. Rad. Yeah. I haven't played it. <laughs> it's good. It's free. There is no microtransactions or anything in it. Oh wow! Like you get little like when you, anytime you have to go into like the the main menu or something, you'll get like maybe a pop up ad for some other Konami related thing. But like other than that, it's that's it. It's not bad. Yeah. Especially from Konami. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> um. Well, my next one is kind of going to be self explanatory based off the title. <laughs> um. It is the best remaster two decades in the making. I originally had it as one decade in the making because I was like, oh, they wouldn't have remade it in the like 10 years after it. But then I realized like that's not going to make any sense if somebody's reading it. <laughs> that's just my thought process. But if you know me at all, you know it's Final Fantasy VIII remastered because God, I love Final Fantasy VIII. And also a game that like people thought would never be remastered. Never. Like I had given up hope on it. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was just not going to happen. And I mean, like, there could have been other stuff done to it. Um, yeah, totally. But I was very, very happy with what I, you know, I could see their faces, which was cool. Skull <laughs> um, is finally the, the most beautiful guy in the room. He's the best looking guy here now. Um, so you could see their faces and, you know, it had the, the like, speedy modes and all that. And, um had that one hilarious scene where Sid was actually just part of the background and his face was still like <laughs> yeah. busted. Um, and I, I didn't want to put this in a game of the year slot because it really doesn't, it's one of my favorite games of all time, but there wasn't enough done to it for it to like really qualify in my opinion as like a right. new game. It's like the difference between a remaster like this and then the Resident Evil 2 remake, which is basically a, a brand new game, right. essentially. Um, but I still wanted to give it a shout out because I love it so much. Completely understandable. So there it is. Best remaster, two decades in the making. There you go. Uh, up next, I have, I think this is another shared one. Best re-release. Mm -hmm. Which technically you could have just done as your previous game, but... You've also done a separate re-release category. I have because um, that one was remastered and this one is a re-release. That's there you go. That's a fair point. Mm -hmm. Fair, fair, different, different, dif difference. I was going somewhere else with that. <laughs> I did kind of cheat on this one though, just a little bit. Like I smudged the rules a little bit. All right. Um, do you want me to go first? Or you go first. You go first. Trails of Cold Steel one and two. I so for me I went just with Trails of Cold Steel two. All right. So we both have the same winner in this category. Yay! Um, God, Trails of Cold Steel so good. <laughs> and like I put so many hours into the Vita version, and then like I got this version, I was like, well, time to do it again, and it, I I loved every minute of it, and. I don't even want to calculate how many hours I put into all these games at this point because it's probably going to be disgusting and I'm going to hate myself. <laughs> probably. Uh, but they are very good re-releases. Like, they do. They did a lot of improvements to the graphics. Like, it's nothing super substantial, but it's enough to, like, make a, a difference between a Vita and PS3 game and a PS4 game. Mm -hmm. um, the frame rate has been bumped up, so it's 60 basically all the time. Uh, high speed mode has been added and everything which makes it you know very speedy but it also is like allows you to get through the game a lot quicker if you've already played through it or just like you know 
you want to play through quickly and all that sort of stuff. I put um, Rain in his PJs. Yeah, there's all the DLC is included in these versions. Uh, there's little uh, additional bonuses you're able to get if you just start the game from scratch mm-hmm. that are very helpful. So like it's it's a very much a complete package. Uh, you know the complete edition essentially of Trails of Cold Steel one two and. They are very good versions of those games on PS4. They're the version to play, honestly. And like Trails of Cold Steel 1 and 2 and also 3. Like, God, this series is good. Mm -hmm. People should play it. And now they Mm -hmm. can because this re-release is really accessible. Mm -hmm. Yay. There you go. Yay. Uh, I would like to give out my next award. Okay. And that is the best Jared and Al co-op experience. Heck yeah. Uh, and this year, I gave it to a little game called Human Fall Flat. <gasps> that was so fun. I was trying to think back. I was like, man, what is what was a good co-op game we played? Because we played a lot of co-op, uh, co-op games that weren't necessarily good. Yeah, we did. <laughs> um, specifically looking at you, Resident Evil Revelations 2. <laughs> I got the point a lot in that game. But Human Fall Flat was just <laughs> a, a really fun, dumb little puzzle game that we got into. You could, you know throw each other around but you also help each other out throughout all these puzzle sequences and it was a good time just like putting our brains together to try and figure out okay what do we need to do to get past this thing and all that sort of stuff and then after the end of doing some hard puzzles just jamming out to songs and dancing Dancing. and doing dumb stuff like that (laughs) it was really really fun Mm -hmm. this was a fun game for us to play yeah God, I'm, and we also had like ridiculous outfits. And one time we actually came up with like almost the exact same outfit. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Which was great. We're like, oh man, we're going to change our character. And then we came in, we're like, um, well, oh, oh, Loki just hit me in the face twice with his tail. <laughs> that was rude. Why would you do that? Well, we'd like to take this time to remember that this show, these awards are sponsored by Loki's Crimes. <laughs> He wanted us to remember. Yes, exactly. He's like, I'm paying you. <laughs> Please remember to mention. Please remember. And he's like, why are you not talking about me? I'm going to hit you in the face. <laughs> um, so my next one, it's the same scene, but for two different awards. So it's going to be a little funky. Um, but it deserves it on both of them. Uh, so I guess I should just go ahead and do them both at the same time, right? Sure. Go ahead. All right. So one is the best bop of the year and the other one is the best opening sequence and both will go to, um, Devil May Cry 5, um, because the Devil May Cry 5 opening is phenomenal. It really is. And it includes the best bop, which is Devil Trigger. Yes. Um, which holy crap, that song is really good. Like it's really, really good, really good. Um, and I love like you know that's that's the opening version, and it's got like the battle theme version. It's just good in every single version. But this opening, like when I saw this, I was like, oh my god, I love this game already. I love this game so much. It's genius. And then you saw it with the previs visuals, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which was also really funny. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I mean, just the way that it's it's handled and like you Devil May Cry's never taken itself seriously, but like this was a new level of not taking itself seriously <laughs> that I was just like, all right, I am a hundred percent on board with this now. This is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Yeah. So 
those are my two for uh, Devil Trigger and Devil May Cry 5 opening. Good good choices. I think so. Good choice. So you are down to one of order left, right? I am down to two. Somehow. Did I count wrong? I Maybe. <laughs> maybe, I, maybe I counted wrong. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. No, I have seven. Okay. I don't know what I did. Anyway. So you have two awards left. <laughs> I have two awards left, yes. All right, we'll go with it. Uh, I have Best Surprise up next. Okay. And, uh, of course, this is you know a game that surprised me. There's a lot of, lot of good choices out here for this. But I'm going to give this to Tetris 99. Oh. A game that literally came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. A game that was like, hey, what if we made Tetris but a Battle Royale game? <laughs> Which immediately sounds like, hmm, I don't know about that. A game that's free. There are, of course, DLC that you can pay for and all that sort of stuff. Um, but all of that came together into a complete package and totally works into this weird, funky thing that is just like super fun to play, very adrenaline-fueled, because it, it gives you that kind of same rush that the Battle Royale game get, that gives you, like, you know, the shooting ones specifically, where, like, you know, you get down to, like, the very end, you're like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, I gotta, <laughs> gotta make, gotta execute very well and everything, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, um, and really helps you kind of play Tetris a lot better than probably you normally would because, like, you're under this constant pressure the entire time, like, it's not just, like, casual Tetris, you just get to, you know, just chill and play, it's like, no, you're, you're under the gun right now. Game starts and there's three people targeting you right now. You need to play good or you're going to lose immediately. Oh, that would give me so much anxiety. It's an anxiety-fueled game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and they've constantly just been updating it throughout the year to like add new stuff into it. So, like They added it in just like regular single-player stuff. They added in um, hoppers for like if you've won a game. You can only get into a specific hopper with other people who have won games. So it's like the best of the best. Uh, they've added in like skins throughout the year of like, you know, you play this like one event during the weekend, you'll get the skin. And then they also added in like uh, skins that you can buy with like in-game currency and all that sort of stuff. So it's like you want a Legend of Zelda skin, here you go, all that sort of stuff. It's just it's been an interesting little thing that they they threw out there at like the beginning of this year. And then it was just like, wow, this thing really works and is pretty good. Not something I was expecting in the slightest. I could see that. Yeah. Um, this is not video game related. Right. But I have best anime of the year. We'll hear your best anime of the year. Um, so again, I kind of flubbed the rules a little bit. Um, because this one actually started in 2018 and also it's the dub version. Um, but it wrapped up in 2019, so it totally counts. Um, you know what it's going to be. I'm just waiting for it. Oh, I just wonder if you were if you knew if you had any idea. I feel like I do, but I just want to hear you say it. It's Diamond is Unbreakable. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, it has dethroned Battle Tendency as being my favorite JoJo. Um, it has dethroned Joseph as my favorite JoJo character, or JoJo JoJo. Um, dude, Diamond is Unbreakable is phenomenal yes also the art style was boss and i'm sad we're never gonna get it again 
It's pretty sad, yes. It's so sad because it was beautiful and it was pastels and like I love the story and I love that it's more like slice of life than anything else. Mm-hmm. It's just Diamonds of Breakable is really, really flipping good. Mm-hmm. Um, I almost put as a joke, and I told you this earlier. I almost put the April Fools' episodes of Pop Team Epic on here. Those are those are good too. They're really good. Um, but I felt like Diamonds Unbreakable really deserved it because God, it's good. And that dub is super good. It's really, really good. So it deserves a shout out. That it does. Uh, So my next award goes to best vocal performance. Okay. This is a, you know, for someone who excelled in a role and did a phenomenal job with the character they did and everything, their acting, all that sort of stuff, those abilities. And uh, I'm going to give this to someone who was on the Japanese dub of a game. Okay. And that is Ina Suzuki from Zanki Zero as Sachika. Yes. Yes. Dude, she, oh my God, that scene, that scene. That scene at the end of the game is just, holy Yeah, Ina just like, I don't, she didn't, it's not even like knocked out of the park. Like she knocked it out of the entire universe. <laughs> God, she, Ina. She just puts everything into that scene and just like, it's just mind blowing how well she's able to do it. Especially because like, Ina's not, you know, done a ton of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, she's obviously most known for her, her role in Love, Life, Sunshine. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and this is a little bit outside of that wheel box in terms of like, you know, being a game and everything and not being just like slice of life idol stuff. But and also she just a like, very different character. A very different character and she just goes into that final scene and just puts everything into it and you can immediately tell, which is like how her inflection is, the way she's able to convey her emotions to that character and it's just absolutely amazing. It's so good. Like, it's insanely good. Mm-hmm. 100%. I agree with you on that. I feel like that was one of those like awards that like immediate as soon as we saw it, it was like that's pretty much a lock. Yeah, like <laughs> legit that's one of the best scenes of voice acting like I've seen. Mm-hmm. Like I don't want to say of all the time but like in a long long time that was just so so good. Mm. Yeah. Also I love Ina. <laughs> with all of my being. She's so good. <sighs> um, you want my my last one? Yes. So my award, um, which the title should say it all, is <laughs> <laughs> game. I can't believe I am still somehow playing, but here we are. <laughs> and um, that will go to Mister Love Queen's Choice, the mobile Atome game that I. Picked up because of the fact that, like, Ben Diskin and Sean Chiplock are in it. Um, and apparently now Kurt Vander. Um, and I, every time I open it, I'm like, oh my God, I'm still playing this game. I'm still You're playing in too it. too deep. I'm in too deep. Like, I don't even really like any of the guys. Like, uh, Sean Chiplock's character, Kiro, like, he's, he's, he's fine. And, like, Ben Diskin's character has moments and I won't, I won't date the cop, even though it's Kurt Vander. Like I will not date the cop cause he's a cop. And the other guy just wants to murder me. So he sucks. <laughs> um, 
But like, you know, it's not like one of those things where I'm like really attached to the dudes. Like it's not a Victor Frankenstein type situation. So I'm like, the story's wild because it's an Atome game. And I'm like, why am I still doing this? But I'm still doing this. Um, so yeah, Mr. Love, Queen's Choice. And also like, God, that, that title is just phenomenal. It really is. It really is. Oh, man. Like, how do we... <laughs> how do we even deal with this? You keep playing it is how we deal with it. <laughs> it's it's true. I just keep playing the game. And, you know, at some point you would think I would, I would stop, but... Nope. You're in too deep. Can't stop, won't stop. It's true. Well... I have one final supplemental award to give out. Okay. Now I'd like to give that out to best character. Okay. And uh, this is a character from the video game called Control. Ah. And uh, this character is Dr. Casper Darling. I don't so know who that is. <laughs> that, I, will, I will give you some, some information here. So Control is about, you know, you going into this uh, government building. It's the Federal Bureau of Control. Um you're, it's a very very supernatural, very like Twin Peaks, X-Files type of stuff is happening here. Mm -hmm. um, and along the way, you will find these little videos that, that keep popping up. These are FMV videos nice. in this game. Nice. Uh, and the character of Dr. Casper Darling is basically the one leading these these videos. They're, they're filmed kind of like they were filmed in the 60s, but they were filmed in modern day. Hmm. So it's like four by three and like it all is like done in like film projection and all that sort of stuff. And like he gives you like all this information about like, you know, different things that are happening within the game, different uh, things that the the Federal Bureau of Control are looking into and all that sort of stuff. Uh, and along the way, you keep seeing like as the game progresses further and further, you see him start to get more and more unhinged as like the calamity that is currently affecting the Federal Bureau of Control begins to start to take shape in those videos. And just, like, along the way, it's just, like, him getting more and more disheveled, more and more just, like, panicked and everything. And more and more of the videos just, like, not looking like little infomercials anymore. It's just, like, him drinking in, like, a dimly lit room just being, like, oh, f***. <laughs> um, and then by the end of the game, you find a video of his that's a music video. What? Yes. <laughs> what? It's a music video. He does a song and it's filmed just like a 90s music video and it's amazing. Good. Oh man. It's oh, it's so good. Also, the dude who plays him is the voice of Alan Wake. Oh shoot. Yeah. Good. <laughs> so it's just like it's all that and just real it's real, real good. Uh he, he was like immediately like one of those characters like you just look at and it's like, oh, this character's gonna be very interesting. And it just constantly is throughout the rest of the game. So good. it's very, very good. Very good. Yes. And those are our supplemental awards. Let's let's give a round of applause for all the winners. Congratulations to everyone involved. Except for you, Mr. Love. <laughs> well, congratulations to Mr. Love. Everyone's game of the year. Oh my god. Every year. Every year. <laughs> Every year. But that leads us into the main event. The main event. The game of the year. The top 10 games of the year. Which, of course, please remember, this is sponsored by Loki's Crime. If you want crime done well, go to Loki. He's looking like, what? <laughs> He's like, yeah, you're right. You are going to, you're getting that money, all right. <laughs> 
He's the, he's doing the Birdman gif, rubbing his hands together. <laughs> I keep thinking you mean Harvey Birdman. Nope, the rapper. I I know, and I realize that after you say it, but every time you say Birdman, my brain goes Harvey Birdman, and then I realize like, no, that's not what you mean. <laughs> We have narrowed down our list of games we played this year, and that was a big list. Mm-hmm. And we narrowed it down to 10. We both narrowed it down to 10. That is a big surprise. Yeah. As you usually have a 7, a 5, a 2. It's usually 7. <laughs> a strange number, but you you went up to 10 this year. I went up to 10. Um, I was going to keep it to my traditional 7, but then I realized, like, looking at what I would cut from the 10, it was like, you know, that's really not fair because they mm-hmm. don't deserve to be cut. Um, and there are a lot of things that really don't deserve to be cut, but I was like, you know, instead of just arbitrarily cutting it at seven, just because I'm being contrarian, <laughs> um, I will just go ahead and give the games the the recognition they deserve. Yeah. So there you go. There's my reasoning for not being my weirdo self. And don't eat my hair. <laughs> ah. Anyway. So we painstakingly oh, took hard. our list of games, it's hard. cut it up, narrowed it to 10, and then also took those 10 games and put them in an ordered list, mm-hmm. which was even harder. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know we mentioned, or I mentioned this to you when we were getting our orders together. I could make an argument for any game in my top five as being game of the year. Same with my top four. Like all of them are very, very deserving. Mm-hmm. It is a murderer's row of video games up in that top five, and they are all amazing games that you should definitely play. Yeah. I mean, my my top four is the exact same way, and that I'm like, you know what? Any of these could easily have gotten it, and mm-hmm. I've even moved it around several times since I like first picked it. <laughs> um, but I think at this point, since I've actually like written the blog post and everything, like it, I'm set. Like this is what it's gonna be. But that does not mean that I like legitimately think one's better than the other. Like I think that they are all very, very solid games that all deserve to get some kind of recognition as being such phenomenal games of 2019. Like the the differences, like and the reasons behind why one is above other is just like razor thin. Yeah, tiny, tiny, tiny. Like couldn't even see it with a microscope. <laughs> so here we are. We're here. The twenty nineteen top ten video games of the year. Mm-hmm. Al, hit me with your number ten. Uh, a game that I was originally not going to play, and then I looked into. A situation that I could um the outer worlds all right interesting yeah um not usually something that I would be like oh man I am like itching to play this dang game um because I am notoriously garbage at anything shootery <laughs> um super super terrible at it but um it basically it was a situation of like I got game pass for like three bucks mm-hmm um, and then you also told me, like, oh, hey, you get to take down capitalism. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right. <laughs> yes. And um, I've always been a, well, in the past, I've been a very big fan of Fallout. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like Fallout has very much lost its way. Yes. Um, and the Outer Worlds kind of filled in that 
that gap that I had of like this felt like it belongs in that world and that it had the same kind of like witty sense of humor and writing and like still like scathing um commentary on like society and culture and all like but at the same time you know it had really great characters and it didn't have any like weird shoehorn romances with your your partners and actually did have a really great um romance with a character who is um asexual and also um in a relationship with a woman Mm -hmm. and it's treated in a way that's actually like respectful and great and i was kind of surprised by that um you know they they have her like open up about her her struggles and what she's afraid of and i'm like you know what this is good this is really really good you get a cleaning robot (laughs) you do you have a you have a stolen ship like overall it was just a really really fun game i was a little upset that I wasn't able to talk my way out of the final boss like you did. <laughs> um, but I talked my way through most of the game, and that helped a lot because I was so bad at shooting. Also, it has like a story mode that like you don't have to be really great at it to get through the story. So that was helpful. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was my 10. It's an interesting choice. Uh, my 10 is going to be something you're probably not going to expect. Okay. The number 10 best game of 2019 for me is Apex Legends. I, okay, yeah, you was not expecting that, correct? Um, this is another game similar to what Tetris 99 did, where it's like, came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. A, ga- a new game from Respawn, which you're all like, like, like ooh, that's, hmm, that's the Titanfall people. Um, set in that universe, but with no mechs, unfortunately. Ooh. And it's a Battle Royale game. Yeah. So, like, you're automatically kind of thinking, like, hmm, I don't know. Um, also, it is team-based, so you're forced into a, th- a three-person team immediately. Uh... But it all works. Like, even though, like, you're forced into teams, like, there's good communication between, like, just having, like, you can point out different things, like, oh, here's a weapon in case anyone needs it. Here's, like, there's enemies over there, so, like, watch out, or we can go take them out. Um it's a game you don't necessarily need to have headset on to communicate with, even though you have teammates. Hmm. Like it's 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 that good at being able to communicate things without the others, all that sort of stuff. Uh, the gameplay itself, like all the shooting and, and everything, is really really good. Um, and it's like if you played Titanfall and all that sort of stuff, like you kind of expect that level of quality, and it's like they completely nail it here. Um, and this was like the battle royale game that like really got like sunk its teeth into me. In a way that, like, you know, Fortnite hadn't, uh, PUBG hadn't, and any of the other one billion clones that came out in the last <laughs> two years hadn't. Um, this was the one for me. And I really, really enjoyed it. I was able to win a few times here and there. And I was like, those were incredible moments. Like, filled with, like, so much adrenaline and anxiety and just being like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. Oh, yeah, we did it. Yeah. Um, and to be fair, like, I probably haven't played this game in, like, eight months. Nice. And they have gone through, like, so much different changes within the game. They've added, like, you know, solos and duo, duos modes. Mm-hmm. Like, all sorts of new modes, new weapons, new characters, and all that sort of stuff. And I haven't touched it. Genuinely haven't touched it. Like, I've been busy with other stuff. Like, I've kind of thought about it here and there, but it's, like, having, you know, 
done it mm-hmm. but at the same time like those moments i had with like the first month or so of this, of this game were really really good those victories i got were really really good moments and honestly that was enough to like propel it all the way to, to, to number 10 nice just on the merit of those moments alone because like they were so so satisfying in a way that like you know some other games aren't going to give you the same kind of satisfaction and accomplishment that like those particular moments that i had gave me so there you go yeah all right well what's your number nine Uh, my number nine is going to go in a little bit of a different direction. Okay. It's a game called Luigi's Mansion 3. Ah! Uh, like we talked about when we did the podcast of this, uh, I hadn't really played any of the other Luigi's Mansion games. Mm-hmm. So I had pretty just kind of normal, maybe lowered expectations going into it because like, I didn't know really what to expect mm-hmm. or like have the pedigree of those other games kind of weighing on my shoulders. I just kind of went into it. I was like, all right, this this will probably be all right. And then came away with it being like, this is really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this looks amazing. It plays pretty amazing, except for, you know, a few things here and there. Yeah. Um, the uh, the puzzles and everything were really fun. The, uh, the, the enemy designs were all really neat. Except for the sharks. Uh, except for the sharks, yes. Learning about how Mario is too gung-ho and that's why everything gets into trouble is really interesting. Mm-hmm. And just, I had a blast playing it. Like, this was... Uh, this was one of those, like, you know, the Nintendo fun factor. Yeah. Where they just, like, crank that in there. And this is a game not made by Nintendo. Mm-hmm. That's what makes it even more just wild that that's how good this game is. So it was just something that just came through and just, it was very shocking to me, I guess, in a way, because I just wasn't expecting this to be as good as it was and was very pleasantly blown away by it. Um, spoiler alert, that's not the first time that this game will show up on a top 10. I mean, there's going to be a lot of crossover between our lists, I'm mm-hmm. imagining. Probably. Um, but yeah, it is a good video game. Mm-hmm. Also, Gooigi! Uh, yes, how could I forget our good boy Gooigi? How could you forget Gooigi? I apologize. Gooigi, I apologize to you. You're a good boy. Wow. 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 Um, you ready for my number nine? Yes. Untitled Goose Game. Oh, what an interesting choice. I know. Um... <laughs> So this game is just heckin' fun. That's really all there is to it. This game was a lot of fun. And, you know, Loki's kind of chaos. And I kind of understand now why he likes chaos after playing as a chaotic goose. It's true. Uh, like, it's it's a really clever game. It's a lot of fun. Um, but it also isn't one that, like, it it doesn't overstay its welcome. Like, it... it Get some some fun levels in. It has some fun puzzles, and then it's like, all right, you're done. Like, I could see like if they had tried to extend it a lot more, it would have gotten like tedious at a point. But like everything that is in this game is really really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and even just figuring out like the different ways that you can solve the puzzles is just fantastic. Um, because it's not you don't solve them all the exact same way. Like I, I I've seen people play this game like in very different ways than I played it. And that's, mm-hmm. it's pretty rad. Also, I like the art. Like it, it's got a really nice, but I like cows and chaos. Chaos is fun. Mean little goose. Press, press to honk. Press to honk. 
So that is mine. Uh, well, hit me with your number eight. Super Mario Maker 2. Oh. Um, and I will say this as someone who has not built a single level in Super <laughs> Mario Maker 2. You've had to deal with my chaos. <laughs> I did. Um, but uh, I got to play a lot of fun levels. And mm -hmm. I got to play a lot of like really, really clever things like the JoJo music ones. Mm -hmm. Um, but what really propelled this to my top 10 is when they added in the multiplayer and we got to play it together mm -hmm. because it has been really, really fun to just like play these impossible levels together and just like yell a lot. <laughs> just try and like, co like cheese our way through those in ways uh -huh. that like it was not intended. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like. I, I, I didn't build anything, but like I played through it and I really enjoyed it. And I think that what really landed it here is the fact that like we were able to play it together and there was just like some fun creativity that we got to to experience as pals. Mm -hmm. The end. I'm sure at some point we will go back to it and experience a link as pals. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. I've not tried that yet. Well, my number eight is a game we've just talked about. Oh, is it it's goosey? It's called Untitled Goose Game. Yay! Um, I don't really have much else to add that Al didn't already say. You know, it's very charming. It uh, doesn't overstay its welcome. The graphic, the the art style, I should say, is very good and very clean. Mm -hmm. Um, One thing I don't think you mentioned that I really enjoyed was just like the way that the soundtrack kind of moves in and out depending on what yes. you're doing. Yes, that is very, very good. It's very, very good. Um, and like you said, just causing chaos as a goose is really fun. It is really fun. Actually, another thing people. I didn't mention is the fact that, like, if you pay really close attention at the very beginning, you know what your goal is mm -hmm. um, without actually knowing what your goal is. And then when you get or there, if you're like me, you're just you don't look at that way and you just go in the opposite <laughs> direction. And then, like, once you get there, you're like, oh, I know what's happening now. <laughs> um, unless you're Jared. Yep, unless you're me, and I'm just like, oh, well, okay, cool. You've just been taking all these bells, I guess. All right. Um, it is a fun, fun game, though. It's really cute. Mm -hmm. um, you know, chaotic cute, but cute. It's true. So, seven. Number seven. Uh, number seven game of the year for me is Control. Okay. I kind of figured that would be on your list somewhere. Yeah. Uh, I love just, like... This is a game I think you really have to like if if you are first starting this and you are not immediately on board with what they're going to do or give you, mm -hmm. you're probably not gonna have as good of a time compared to like if you are on board immediately from the get go. Okay. Um and just like just the weirdness of like how this game begins where like you go into this federal office and it's all empty and you're just like, What happened here? What's going on? And immediately you're just wrapped up in this whole supernatural world and like learning all these government secrets about like all these weird supernatural things that have happened throughout the world and like finding all these like readable um collectibles and everything that like give you like, Well, this is what this thing does this object of power and what it does um here's where we found it what happened and when we we got there and everything like what the effects of the people were and everything all that sort of stuff and there's like so much of that like so much good just like supplemental writing that happens throughout this game that you could completely miss and everything but like it was one of the rare times where I, like i would pick up collectibles throughout all the entire game and just like stop and read it because i wanted more of this lore of this game mm -hmm. um and just it's so just so interesting in a way that like is kind of hard to do specifically with like this style of you know supernatural weird horror type game 
um, which is not really a horror game specifically, but it's just like there's a there's there's a way to like kind of describe this style, and I think weird horror kind of works in mm-hmm. a way. Um, so yeah, like it's just so interesting, and it's like it like I said earlier, it's got like that Twin Peaks X Files type vibe to it. So like you're into that sort of stuff, like this is going to be up your alley specifically. Um, probably one of the reasons it's a little bit lower on my list is that like the gameplay kind of can be a little difficult for the sake of being difficult early yeah. on and at the end specifically. So yeah. it's those are I think the kind of things that hold it back a bit, but outside of that and like in terms of just like lore and story it's really really fascinating and just like something that if you if you want weird this is very much weird speaking of weird (laughs) and also um in true al form um my number seven is code realized wintertide miracles all right i'm sure you're not surprised that that's on here shocked um, so you get some fun side stories, like you have the Cantronella story, um, where you get to hang out with this, uh, this opera singer who has an eye patch and is mysterious and has this dad who is not really her dad and this guy in a mask that keeps trying to kidnap her. Yeah, Sasuke. <laughs> yes. Um, so that's an interesting story. Um, but then you also get like the the post future blessings stories um you get um, um with ones with finis and ones with shulmay mm-hmm. um i remember the finis one being just amazing it was really really good because it's like sibling bonding um which was cute because um as i mentioned uh future blessings really humanizes a finis in a, in a really great way and then winter tide just kind of really capitalizes on that it, it has a really good payoff mm-hmm. Um, also, we find out that um, Nemo, um, Nemo, whatever you want to pronounce it, he uh, apparently invented cardboard and now <laughs> yep. lives in a cardboard box. Uh, you he know, is solid snake. Casually, um, you you get more of the like individual events with the guys. You get the triangle dates, which the triangle dates were there. Um, <laughs> you know, they 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 weren't my favorite part, but they were fine. Um, you get to hang out at one point with um with uh Watson and he's like, Hey, I'm gonna protect you because that weird dude with a fork is over here and I don't like him. Um, which is great. And I still wanna date him, but it won't let me. Um, but speaking of dating, um I did have Victor Frankenstein ask me to be his significant other. Um even though he at the time thought that it was like a posing type thing uh, because he had been writing letters to his parents and saying that like he was close to a girl and his parents think like, Oh, you have a girlfriend. That's exciting to he. Um, so then he's like, I need you to pretend to be my girlfriend. She's like, pretend, huh? <laughs> um, so then they, you know, have their, their fun little dumb um, but then you get to you get to smooch and also like you get a CG of Victor introducing you to his parents, which is so cute. It's so cute. And also you can get married to a bunch of people in this, and it's pretty great. Um so yeah, Wintertide is is really fun. And also you get like the boys in all these like soft wintery outfits, and I love it. 
I gotta have my Atome somewhere. You know that. You do. You 100% do. Like, Mr. Love does not count. This is my Atome. <laughs> so, yes, that is my seven. Got to date Victor Frankenstein once more. Mm-hmm. And I loved every second of it. Also, worth mentioning, one of the last, if not the last, physical games released for the PS Vita. Pour one out for our, our friend, the, the PlayStation Vita. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember if it's the last one, but I know it's one of the last ones. I think they might have gone past it a bit. Okay. With it's some physical it's releases. one of the last ones, though. So, mm-hmm. like, you know, pretty strong there. Anyway, that is my number seven. Um, would you like my number six? I would like your number six. It is a game that you may have heard of before called Luigi's Mansion 3. Whoa, I've never heard of that game. I know, I know. Um, surprising that it would show up again after I said that it would never show up again on this list, right? Um, again, not a whole lot more that I can add to it other than like, I still think that the the hotel architecture is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think that Ted driving the bus is hilarious. Oh, Ted. I still think that like that red ghost eating the helmet at the end was hilarious. Like there were just That's real so, good. so many gags in it that were great. And it was just such a fun game. It's a really fun game. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it showed up again. Not a whole lot I could add to it. Well, my number six is a game called Judgment. Ah, I, I kind of figured this would show up. Uh, of course, this is the uh, the game from the Yakuza team. It is a crime drama where you play as a former detective and everything. Hey, Loki, uh, crime. <laughs> not that good. We don't want Loki getting caught up in that kind of crime. He doesn't <laughs> want to get caught. No, he does not. Um, it just It's a really fun game all throughout. There's a lot of just good improvements that they've done from the Yakuza games and thrown into this. Um, just... And the story as a whole is really interesting and has a lot of weird twists and turns all throughout. Um, and it's like this weird kind of more adult-oriented Phoenix Wright game at points. <laughs> it's so, so fun. So fun. Um, just a lot of just weird, weird stuff like in the game as well, which is kind of what you would expect from that team and everything. So uh, just a lot of real good moments all throughout that game. Um Really good, strong crime drama story all throughout the game. And then you just get to beat people up every now and then. Heck yeah. Which is always fun. Uh, so that leads us into the top five. It does. The As I was as I said earlier, the murderer's row of video games. Mm-hmm. Specifically for me. So I would like to begin with my number five game of the year. Okay. And we're continuing with crime dramas. Okay. As my number five is I, the Somnium Files. Ah, that will show up again in another list. I would be not surprised by that. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, another really good crime drama story. Um, it was kind of weird, like, because I played these pretty much similarly back to back. And just, like, seeing how, like, the differences between how Judgment does things and how I does things. Um, you really get to see what Ujikoshi could do with, like, a big budget or mm-hmm. maybe just a budget. <laughs> Because <laughs> um, this is really just like the production values are just ramped up compared to you know the night or the Zero Escape series in particular, mm-hmm. um, and really like his writing in this game is just so strong. It's so strong. Probably it, the the best he has done. Period. I think that it is the best mm-hmm. he's done, and I say that as someone who really, really, really yeah. loves his work. Like yeah. this is easily the strongest game that he's made. 
Uh, just really, really good writing all the way throughout the entirety of the game. Um, does some really interesting things with like his branching paths and everything. The gameplay mm-hmm. is really interesting with terms of, like how you navigate these puzzles under a time limit and everything. How you get things done in three minutes. Um, just super, super interesting. And then just like it all culminates in this wild finale mm-hmm. of just ridiculous proportions that I very much enjoyed. Also worth mentioning that um, the dialogue between uh, Date and Aiba is just fantastic. God, it's so good. It's so good. Like, sometimes you think, like, oh, you know, it's like a partner character. Like, you'd think it would get grading. But no, like, every single time you're just like, I genuinely feel like they've been, like, together for a while. They are partners. They are friends. Like, they just kind of, like, rip on each other, but also, like, genuinely care about each other. And that's something we talked about in the podcast we did for that, like, writing that kind of dialogue where immediately you can know that, like, these characters have a long history with each other is very hard, like you said. And the way Uchikoshi is able to do it in this game is, like, immediately you're just like, oh, yeah, these these are, these people know, or these characters know each other really, really well. And they're able to riff on each other really, really well because they have, like, they know the ins and outs of each other just on a tee. They know each other like the back of their hands. Mm-hmm. And just immediately you're able to know that. And that's not something that's very easy to do when you're writing characters and introducing these characters pretty early on. Right. And he's able to just like, eh, that's easy. It's there amazing. Go. It's so well done. <laughs> yeah. Um, My number five, I'm, I'm sure you're not surprised it's going to be on here at all, but um, it's Resident Evil 2, the remake. X gonna give it to you. X gonna give it to you. Um, so I had a lot of fun with this game. Um, mm-hmm. I definitely got spooked, and you can <laughs> attest to that. <laughs> um, and I think that like one of the things that is a real strength of this is the fact that like hiding in the safe rooms, but still hearing X's like footsteps <laughs> and like the the like jangles of his like trench coat and everything like it's terrifying and like you heard me how terrified mm-hmm. i was mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and you know it it has flaws it has some plot holes in it and um sometimes you can just warp through mr x sometimes i don't i don't consider that a flaw at all that is i just, a, I just wanted to state that <laughs> that is a feature um but it's it's well done. Um, the gameplay is really, really solid. Um, I'm glad that this is... Resident Evil 2 is way more playable in this version than it is if you try and go back and play the original, in my opinion. Right. Um, I really, really like this. I thought it was great. Um, also, Lee on your Jeep. Lee on your Jeep! Lee on your Jeep. Oh, Lee on your Jeep. Jeep. Um... So also honorable mention of this game is that it is absolutely hilarious when you play as Leon with the <laughs> polygonal model. Yep. Um, it makes everything fantastic. It's really good. Highly, highly recommended. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give you my number four because it might sound familiar to you. Please give me your number four. It's I. It's wow. <laughs> yep, yep. I feel like our next... Woo! Our next few are going to be very interchangeable. I think so, yeah. Um, and so one thing that I did want to add on I is that, like, 
I mentioned it a little bit before, but there is like a certain level of absurdity to the game mm -hmm. and some like bizarre humor, but the way that it's done, it works very, very well. Um, and I think that it's kind of necessary because there's a lot of heaviness in I. Yeah. And I think if you didn't have some kind of like comic relief in it, and even then it's not always comic relief. It might just be something that's like completely bonkers and true Oshikoshi style. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> you know, he, he can't just make a regular game. Um, and it can be gory. It can be very, very gory at times. Um, in true Ojikoshi fashion. In true Ojikoshi fashion. Um, but nothing ever feels like gratuitous and nothing ever feels like it was too much for me. Um, and I just legit really, really love this game. And one thing that um, I will say about it is that I think if this game had come out last year, it would have easily gotten number one slot for me. I could see that. Yeah. Because it was so good. It was a fantastic game. Also, just the character designs are amazing. Mm -hmm. Really, really good. And the voice acting is really good, too. Mm -hmm. So, yes, that is my number four. Well, let me continue with my number four. Mm -hmm. And that is a game that just recently finished up, and it's called Life is Strange 2. Again, I feel like that will uh, show up again. Uh, I feel like at times Life is Strange 2 kind of was hindered by its long wait between episodes. Mm -hmm. And also, like, I played, like, the first two episodes and then just, like, stopped for a while. Yeah, you uh, did. Until you, until you eventually picked it up. And that was, like, the catalyst for me getting back into it. But, like, this game is bold as mm -hmm. Because it is very much a game that is very political. Yes. Uh, you know, we talked about this when we discussed the uh, the first four episodes. Like, it's a game that's set in 2016 for a reason. It is a game set with minorities as a reason. Mm -hmm. And just, like, all of that is just mixed in together and creates a story that is very political, very of the times. And Which, just... not only are they minorities, they're Mexican-Americans. Mm -hmm. That's key on it. Is yeah. it the family that we're dealing with, they are Mexican-Americans. Um, very timely in 2016. Um, yeah, to have that happen. Um, whew. anyway, you can continue down. My life is strange too. But yeah, it's like it just that first episode is just shocking in ways, and then just like is able to continue keeping that uneasy feeling throughout the like the entire rest of the series, um, in just very different ways. Mm -hmm. Um, it's not just like we're just gonna do shock value, shock value, shock value. It's like you're still going to feel uneasy because of just like the situation you're in mm -hmm. where you're, you know, you're running from the cops and everything. You have to lie low and everything. You have to be careful of who you talk to because you're, you're a Mexican American. You're not white. Yeah. Particularly. Um, and just the wildness that continues throughout the, the entire series and then how like that, that final episode just finishes up and um, the ways that they're able to pull that off and, Man, there that that those final scenes are just <sighs> emotional is a understatement. Yeah. To to say the least. But, there, uh, there's a lot about this that is very very emotional. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the things that I think is very very strong about this game is the the relationship between Sean and Daniel. Yes. Um, like building 
those two together was a very, very good thing. Mm-hmm. And um, one thing that we have not talked about yet, because we have not recorded it yet, um, is that one thing specifically this game does that I think is really interesting and a great commentary is that in the like last two or three chapters, like whenever someone's referring to these two, they say two teenagers. Mm-hmm. When Daniel is very much not a teenager, but it it it's a thing that people do that they always like get they they don't allow people of color, especially boys of color, to have a childhood. Mm-hmm. They always see like, oh, you're older than you are no matter what age you are you're not allowed to have that innocence right and so like every single time they're like two two teenagers i'm just like i see what you did there i know what you're doing um because that happens all the time and it's really upset and even then like i would not consider sean at all an adult no um and you know they still treat him like an adult Mm -hmm. it's this game it it hits hard it hits very hard. Mm-hmm. Um, like, there's one particular scene that I'm thinking of, um, and I'm sure that you can think of it too. But um, there's one scene in the desert where um, Sean is driving and ends up like, I don't remember if the car breaks down or runs out of gas or whatever, but these guys like come up on him and like basically just start throwing out some really racist stuff. I think he's just like sleeping. Oh, yeah, he might be just sleeping. Yeah, he just pulled over to sleep. Yeah, and, I mean, they just pull out some really, mm-hmm. really garbage rhetoric that is, again, not unusual for what's happening. Um, mm-hmm. And I was in tears through this scene. Like, it was hard. Mm-hmm. This game, um, you know, there, there's always the whole, like, can games be art argument? And I think this... 10,000% qualifies. It very much does not hold its punches in a way that, like, I feel a lot of games that would be trying to do this kind of story, this kind of politically charged story, mm-hmm. easily could. Yeah. And instead, they, they're they like, if you have, if they're essentially, their idea of this is basically like, if we're going to make this kind of story, we have to go to those places. Mm-hmm. We have to show the the political climate the politically charged climate that is happening currently in the united states and you know racist rhetoric white supremacy all of that sort of stuff is very much a thing that is happening within this country and this game does not give a about showing it Mm. and also like how how mexican-americans can navigate that kind of situation Mm. and even like just like even any minority yeah um I'm specifically saying because of like what was happening then and like there's even like the wall story and everything mm-hmm. but I mean it, it's it's tough and even how the game starts is very very politically mm-hmm. charged mm-hmm. Oof. man I love this game yeah it's it's it is easily the better than the original game easily by far. easily very very much um Spoiler alert, this is my number three. Which I, I think it goes to say that, like, the original game is much easier to come to. Yeah, I could Because it's that. a game that, like, other, like, anybody can enjoy. Yeah. And I think that's the reason why, like, this game in particular is not getting the same amount of love or, like, vocal love that the original game got. 
because it is so politically charged and everything that like it can be hard to to come to essentially um but if you like if you would like that those that the first game and before the storm like you owe it to yourself to see this game but i also think it's important that like we do challenge ourselves and make ourselves uncomfortable 100 percent. especially like the two of us are white we are very much white and like um actually both of us fall pretty solidly on a liberal spectrum mm-hmm. um and so like it's still challenging for us so i can imagine like it being extremely challenging for someone who does not lean that way right or just like someone who's not white yeah um and that, that's the that is the important thing that art should be able to do for you is that it should challenge you in different ways mm-hmm. ways that you are not expecting and that yes. is 100 percent what this game does yes God, that's good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you you said it was your number three, but do you have anything else you wanted to say about it? No, I just figured since we were talking about it so much, I'll just give you a spoiler alert. That's my number three. So, All right. Like, that's that's what we got is that I, I just really, really think this game is fantastic. And, um, again, one of the big strengths of this is that relationship between Sean and Daniel and mm-hmm. the way that their relationship is navigated because – I mean, they are going through a very, very stressful situation. Um, I mean, stressful is putting it mildly. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I mean, you have to figure out like, how are you going to interact with Daniel and how are you going to treat him? And, you know, what do you, what do you do about the supernatural elements of this game? Like mm-hmm. there's a lot of layers and I love that the way that they're very realistically written. Um, yes. like there's moments where they absolutely hate each other. And then there's moments where they're like, all right, you're the best thing that's ever happened to me. And that's very, very natural. And also like when you are under stress like that, even more natural, mm-hmm. but it's also great that like they want to, and really try to stick together. And especially as well, like they are kids, they're kids. Kids are not going to come up with the most mature, the most well thought out option in yeah. any sort sort of situation or circumstance. Especially, like you said, under the immense the immense amount of like stress, anxiety, pressure that they are under. So, and grief, and grief. Yes, grief makes you do some weird. Mm-hmm. Can mm-hmm. confirm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean it's it's a fantastic game. Right. Well, I guess that would mean I, I would go with my number three then. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, my number three game is The Legend of Heroes: Trails of Cold Steel Three. Ooh. Speaking of threes. Ooh. Um, we uh we have we have yet to release this episode because this will be coming next week. But we mm-hmm. we talked about this game again for another three for three hours. <laughs> so that is a long episode that we are we releasing next week. But yep. uh. This game is really good. It continues the uh, the the amazingness that the first two games offered you, but in like a new, different kind of way, where you're you know you're seeing the the political fallouts of the Civil War and everything. What's happened since then? What's everyone else up to? Why is Reen teaching in a school for for kitties now? What is Kurt Vander's opinions of everything? Not not kitties like kitty cats, but kiddos. Kiddos. Um, the Vander style. The Vander style. Uh, there's a lot of just like good improvements to the game as well because obviously this was the first game that they they made for PS4 in particular with that in mind. So like you know there's graphical improvements, there are UI improvements. Uh, they keep in like the speedy mode and everything. So like that sort of thing is 
all in there. Mm-hmm. Um, the battle system is not relatively changed that much, but the way that they're able to go in and out of battle is very unique in a mm-hmm. way that a lot of JRPGs don't do. Mm-hmm. In particular, if you have seen, there's a video of a Persona 3 prototype that is very early in development, and one of like the key fa- key features that they were trying to do with that game was immediately when you would go into battle, the 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 battle area would be where you initiated that battle and like mm-hmm. no, there would be no loading in or in and out and it would just you you automatically start that battle and this almost does that like there's still loading in and out but you start the battle where you initiated that battle in the environment so like if you started and you were right next to a treasure chest that treasure chest is right there in the battlefield mm-hmm. and it's just it's such a great touch to do it's really cool and it's really really good um the mini games they add in are, are really like they they've changed them in ways that offer in new unique ideas and ways to to go at them. Um, the story itself is in a lot of ways like the the first game where it is a lot of build to what's going to be in the next game essentially, which isn't the most the the worst thing, but can be a little bit of a detraction if you were like man i want to see all this kind of like cool stuff that's going to pay off for me right now like you're not going to get that no but obviously if you're going into the series you're kind of kind of expect that so it's not necessarily the worst thing in the world mm-hmm. but trilogical still three is still very very good and another just amazing game in that series that has just produced amazing game after amazing game i'm so excited for the next one yes um Again, worth mentioning, it will come back up again. <laughs> so this leads to number two. Let's hear your number two. Devil May think... Cry 5. Well, interesting that you would say that because my number two game is also Devil May Cry 5. Yay! Um, legit... Is this our first overlap? This is our first overlap. We've wow. had a lot of the same games, but not in the same spot. That's that's interesting. Um. Yo, we got a character who reads William Blake in it. Like <laughs> we did. How can we not love this game? Um it plays amazingly. Um the story's awesome. The characters are super fantastic. There is a character who reads William Blake in it. Um worth mentioning twice. Worth mentioning twice. Uh the writing's fantastic. It's over the top like you would expect. Um Nico is like one of the greatest characters this year. Mm-hmm. I love her. I think she's really she's good. Fantastic. Um, I love a lot of the dynamic between like the the three main dudes that you play as. Mm-hmm. Um, Graphically, it looks phenomenal because it's, it's running on the RE engine and just like they are able to use that in just really good ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, and honestly, like if you had told me at the beginning of the year that Devil May Cry 5 would have been my number one game um, for most of the year, um, I would not have believed it. And that's as somebody who actually really likes Devil May Cry. And that's doubly so for me as someone who is not a fan of Devil May Cry, mostly just because I haven't played those games. So Mm -hmm. for me to have this game as number one for a good majority of the year is just weird and mind-boggling in a way. But that's um, just, that just shows, like, it's a, a testament of, like, just how good this game is. I wrote in my um, write-up, like, this is a near-perfect action game. Yeah. Like, it is. Everything works the way it's supposed to. Mm-hmm. And, like, 
Although I will say that I did change like all the battle themes to Devil Trigger <laughs> once I had the option. I can't blame you for that. Yeah. What do you think about Pasta Maker? Please tell me about Pasta Maker. It's a it's an arm from Nero. It's got mm -hmm. a fork in it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's that's all I know. It's N Nico makes it and it's like, oh, I heard you like pasta. <laughs> and it puts it on the table. Good. I do <laughs> like pasta. It's real good. Uh, there's one that's like that like does good stuff for you. It's like supposed to heal you. And like she puts it on the table, it's like, I hear Kiri would like this one. It's like just like a hand. <laughs> And I guess it, like vibrates. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, and then of course they they added in just like the previs cutscenes that they do before making the actual cutscenes, and they just included it in the game. Is just like, hey, do you want to watch the cutscenes like this? Yeah. And they are f phenomenal. They're hilarious. Um, like the way that they set up all the characters, like the the little bird guy is just like a dude in a shimmery black like and he just pe ah. piece of fabric just like shaking his arms it's hilarious and like the Ooh. the opening sequence that we talked about earlier is just like the van is like a, a, a cardboard van it's great oh, this game's good it's so good and it never takes itself seriously which is also just what we needed yeah, 100%. Man, what a good game. <laughs> what a really good game. Very shocking, actually. Like, God, I was shocked how good this game was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yay! Well, since we got both of our number twos out of the way, that brings us to... Number one. Number one, the game of the year. You already know what mine is. Well, let's, let's before we get into that, let's hear a few words from our sponsor, Loki's Crimes. Hello, Loki. Get out of the Christmas tree. That's our, that, there's your sponsor. Yep. <laughs> I just pushed him in the butt off the Christmas tree. He's like, no. I want to do the tree. I want to take the ornaments off. He has already taken one ornament off. Ornament. I can talk. Um, But he has also removed the string, so I can't put it back on, and I don't know where it is. I don't know if he ate it or if he's like put it somewhere where I can't find it or what he's done, but. What a criminal. I was like, you could just have it then. Take it, you jerk. <laughs> Crimes. Well, let's hear your number one game of the year for 2019. <sighs> wow, I know you're going to be really, really shocked by this. Um, Congratulations to Mr. Love. Love's Choice for being the 2019 <laughs> game of the year. It is called Queen's Choice and no. Sorry, it's Queen's Choice. Pardon, pardon me. Um, it is Legend of Heroes Trails of Cold Steel 3. Yeah. Um, I put 180 hours into this. <laughs> um, I played it and then you started playing it. I was like, all right, I'll play it again. Immediately. Like, what, what are you doing? <laughs> immediately started a new game plus. Um, I really, really loved this series and I feel like 3 was just a continuation of how much I loved it. Um, Reen's a freaking teacher now, which is hilarious with his fake glasses. Um, he's got his new class seven, which we've talked about. Um, I, I One thing that you didn't mention as much that I really do want to mention is that I was a little worried um, with the inclusion of Yuna, Kurt, Ash, Muse, and um, Altina was in there, but Altina is much bigger now. Um, she's still tiny as a character, but she has a much bigger role. Mm -hmm. um, I was a little worried. I'm like, you know... 
are we are we going to have like too many moving parts here? Are they going to be as strong as the original class seven? They are as strong. They are fantastic. You you mentioned moving parts and that like they announced a new game in this series that's going to have 50 playable characters in it. Yep. Um, I was just worried that they wouldn't get as good of characterization. Um, it's it's man and there's so many things that I've just been like theorizing and there were times that like I replayed when I replayed the game immediately after um, I would catch things I was like oh shoot they were telling me it was there all along and I didn't know I was like ah they're so smart Um, but it has some really dang good twists and um, that cliffhanger man it's really good. What a cliffhanger. What a good cinematic direction that he did for that. No kidding. Um, so, you know, there's some really, really different and interesting characterization of certain people in this. And um, there's a lot of great growth on the part of the new Class 7 and also Reen. Um, and I think that one thing that's very cool about this game um I, I don't know if that's really the right word that i want to use but we're going with it anyway um not often do you get a main character who's actually like especially in an rpg who has like ptsd mm-hmm. and reen has ptsd mm-hmm. like they don't call it that but he has it and i mean that's understandable because he is like a child soldier at this point basically um and he's being used for nefarious purposes at points and there's not a whole lot he can do about it um and i think that that's a really interesting thing that they do that they're like hey you know here's this character that you've been with for two games now he's seen some now not that he hadn't before but like he's he's really not handling it very well is a way that i think i could put it Right. Um, and in a lot of instances, what he is doing is um, more harmful than good. And he's not realizing that. And while like some people might think it's a step back for Reen, I think it's actually a very interesting take on Reen in that, you know, he, he is already a very like self-sacrificing person he just is that's how he's been like the whole series but then like having self-sacrificing person who has been put into this really horrific war where like things happen that he really doesn't agree with and he didn't really have a whole lot of say in and also just like his own body betrayed him at points like oh and also you know he had a big huge huge bomb dropped on him about like who he is Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's, he's seen some stuff. He's not, he's not doing all right. Um, but you know, he's, he's been better. He's still trying his best. He's really trying with these kids and he's trying to do a good job, but he's also trying to protect them. And I think that it's a really, really interesting characterization that they did with Reen in this. Um, I could talk about this game for three hours. I bet you could. <laughs> um, probably longer if you let me, honestly. <laughs> um, but I just loved, loved Cold Steel 3. And um, as we mentioned before, I think that any of these games really could have gotten that slot. Um, but I feel like, for one, the fact that I replayed it immediately 
It's a testament. Is a testament, but I, 180 hours. That's not not anything to. It's a lot of hours. It is, and I was just really glad to get back in this world, and I can't wait for four now. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's my number one. Woo! Congratulations to the Legend of Heroes Trails of Cold Steel Three. Who was shocked? For being Owl's 2019 Game of the Year. Yee. What you got, bud? Well, let's talk about my game of the year. And this was something I was struggling with. Mm-hmm. In particular of how do I look at this game? Mm-hmm. Because it's a game that I came to this year in a very weird and interesting circumstances. Because my game of the year is Final Fantasy XIV Shadowbringers. I knew that. <laughs> and, of course, you know, like we mentioned in the podcast where we talked about Final Fantasy XIV, I played through the Heaven's Ward expansion. I played through the expansion after that. And then I played this expansion. So I played all those expansions this year. I finished up A Realm Reborn this year. So how does that basically correlate into putting it in Game of the Year? Do I do I weigh it along with all of those things I did with it? Or do I weigh it just on the weight of Shadowbringers itself? And it was a very weird and kind of interesting conundrum I had to, to deal with in terms of that. Because mm-hmm. a lot obviously with any of these other games, you don't have to deal with that. But... I look at my time with Shadowbringers and I had a fantastic time. The writing in this expansion is just amazing. Really, really well. The The villain they create for this expansion is just so well written. Like, like I said in the podcast where we talked about it, like they make him seem like just like the sympathetic character, even though you know he is not. You know he's going to f*** you over at some point and then he f***s you over at some point. You're like, oh no, why? Exactly. Um, just the, the all the new locations are really interesting and well done. The way they're able to make you reunite with all of the 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 characters you know and love at this point, um, and how they're able to change because of just the time kind of travel shenanigans that go on and everything. Um, it's all just super super really well done, and I think the key thing that pushed this into the number one spot is that this is a game I still play daily. Mm-hmm. I still go to like a lot of the 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 current content and replay that daily. Mm-hmm. I'm still like going in and just like absorbing this game, and a lot of this game as well is just like it's not just the the story, the characters, the gameplay. It's like it's hanging out with just other people playing the game, getting to share your experiences with those people, like just doing things with them, and because it is a massively multiplayer online RPG. And that's like a key element to this game is just like doing things with other people, seeing their experiences as well, helping them out at some points and having them help you out at some points. Um, And that's a a thing that's happened all throughout this game for me um, and continues to do so to this day. And just like just thinking about like all of that, the fact that I'm still playing it to this day, playing through a lot of just like the, the, the latest content of this game. And I was like, it can't be anything else. Like this has to be the number one game for me. Mm-hmm. And that's what pushed it up to the spot. It is, it is really incredibly well done, especially just for like an expansion pack. 
because that's generally what this is. Mm-hmm. If you boil it down to its basic, this this is an expansion pack, but it's an expansion pack that has enough content in it that it could easily fill an entire game. Like this has the enough content that could be that could rival a Trails of Cold Steel in terms of length and story and just like the amount of like good writing that's in it. It's just it's incredibly well done in a way that like I never expected to get this much into a game like this specifically in the way that I have and just every day I keep playing it and it just continues like I'm just I still have fun with it. I'm still enjoying my time with it. I've ran that near raid like 25 times now. <laughs> you needed them leggies. I needed them leggies. I had took me like 13 tries to get them leggies and then I got them leggies. You finally got the leggies. I finally got those leggies and then like I took a break a couple days off of not playing that raid and I played it last night and I was like this raid's still pretty freaking good. <laughs> Especially when, like, you don't have to worry about, like, oh, God, is these legs going to drop? Are these legs going to drop? Are these legs going to drop? <laughs> or, like, you're in the, a party with another Dragoon, like, oh, God, the legs drop. <laughs> they got him. <laughs> Which was very, just, oh, God, that was the worst. Didn't get the leggies. I didn't get the leggies, but I got the leggies. And now you I'm just, the like, I'm very powerful. I got a, my, my weapon now is a, is a fork with a Moogle on it. Oh, my God. I pull it out and it gets bigger and it makes a Moogle noise. Oh, my God. It's really good. <laughs> Loki's like, here's my leggy. You want leggies? I want some leggies. He's got leggies. He's got four of them. He does. One's got a two. boot. One's got, got a boot. boot. Get your butt off of the tree. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Final Fantasy XIV is good. Shadowbringers is easily the best expansion they've done, bar none, and it's just phenomenal. Yee! Easily the best thing that I got to experience this year. I knew this was going to be on there somewhere. I just didn't know where, mm-hmm. but it makes sense where it is. I knew like this game was easily a, I think it was going to be top two regardless. Mm-hmm. Like it was going to be this or DMC five. And I think like, it was just like me thinking like, like I play this game every day still. Like that's got to amount for something. Right. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of how I was with uh, cold steel three. It was like, I put 180 hours into it back to back. Like mm-hmm. that says something. Yep. What a good year for games. Truly. Damn. Like any of those games that we mentioned, like my, my top four, your top five, like easily could have made game of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I mentioned before, I feel like they honestly do deserve, like, all of them deserve that recognition. But since we cannot give them all game of the year, they will have to... <laughs> they will have to, to, to cope with a, a different number than everyone. Like like I said on Twitter, like, the other day, like, you could, I could easily just, like, be like, all right, f*** this. Here's my five-way tie for number one. <laughs> yep. And, like, that would have been just an, an easy kind of cop-out. But, like, all of these games, incredibly deserving. Mm-hmm. And all five of these games in my top five, in your top, the four games in your top four, 1,000% you, you need to play. Yes, I agree with you. Incredibly deserving. Percent. And, like, any of these games on this list are definitely stuff you should check out. But, like, those five on mine, those four on yours mm-hmm. are, like, absolutely must-see definitive you need to go play these games right now if you have not correct i agree ten thousand percent well there you go that is those are the games of the year congratulations to final fantasy 14 Shadowbringers, and the legend of heroes trails of cold steel 3 the best games of 2019 
And our opinions are the only ones that matter, right? Yeah. Yeah. If anyone tells you differently that there's a different game of the year, they're wrong. Yeah, Loki will fight him. Yeah. That's why he's our sponsor. It's true. Crimes. So there you go. The 10 best games of the year are seven supplemental awards. And uh, I think that's, I, I believe we're done. We're done with 2019. We're done with 2019. We can wipe our, we can wipe our hands of it. We're done. Oof. Oof. How about that? Man, 2020, try not to suck. Please try not to suck. You can only hope. You can really, really hope, but man, please don't suck. <laughs> well, that is going to do it for this episode of the Season Lamb Checkup OVA. And that's going to do it for 2019. Yay, we got there a year. We did. We'll see you next year with three hours of Trails of Cold Steel. <laughs> yeah, get right. <laughs> Prep yourself for that. <laughs> um, I did not realize that we went for three hours until we actually finished the episode. And then uh-huh. I'm like, oh. Yep. <laughs> Whoops. Yep. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, but, you know, that's just how it is. That game's long. That game's long as is. So, like... Probably the longest game we've talked about. Yeah. Well, we talked about Final Fantasy fourteen and I didn't I didn't want to sit here and talk to you for four hours, so I right. very much cut that conversation down. But like a game that both of us have played, that's the longest game both of us have played and like thoroughly enjoyed, so mm-hmm. there's a lot of in that game, so yeah. We could have probably talked for another three hours if we were being honest. But Ten thousand yeah. percent, yes. We definitely could have. And you know, I'm still willing to talk Cold Steel 3 if anyone wants to talk about it with me. <laughs> well, we'll do have to do that next year. So for now, if you would like more from us, go to SeasonalMeCheckup.com or SCC.cool. It's where you can find past episodes of this podcast and other podcasts like Seasonal Checkup and Jared Now Watch. You can also find columns and reviews on the site as well. If you like more from Aunt go to AuntLadium.com. She's got columns and reviews. You can also find written versions of these awards on both of our websites. Those will be going up day and date of the podcast. So once you're done listening to this, you can go read that or you can read those first and then come come here and we'll, you can hear some other extended thoughts about those awards and everything. Mm-hmm. Whichever you decide. Uh, if you would like to follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash anime checkup is where to do so. And if you would like to support us on Patreon, buy us a slice of pizza at patreon.com slash SACOVA. It's where you can get podcasts early. Sometimes, like this one in particular, you would have gotten early. Mm-hmm. You can get behind-the-scenes podcasts, bonus podcasts, all sorts of stuff that happen there, uncensored, unedited, because I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Patreon.com slash SACOVA if you would like to support our podcast endeavors. And, you know, like we mentioned a little bit ago, next week, next year, we will open up 2020 by having perfect vision and three hours of the Legend of Heroes Trails of Cold Steel 3. Mm-hmm. So tuck yourself in, grab a whole pizza, because you're probably going to eat it all in that length of time, because it's going to be a lot. It's going to be a lot. <laughs> and uh, listen to our thoughts about Trails of Cold Steel 3 and where we think the series is going to head next with Trails of Cold Steel 4. Also tweet us and let us know what your game of the year was. Do that. Tweet us. Tweet us. Your game of the year list, your game of the year in general, what wards you might give out, just all that sort of stuff in general at Anime Checkup on Twitter. We love talking about games. We do. 
So join us next year as we dive three hours of podcasts into The Legend of Heroes Trails of Cold Steel 3 to start the year. Heck yes.